Yeah. Can I have your attention, please? Yeah, it would, it would be the end. <laughs> Larry, that's... Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like paging you there in a minute. I know. Paging Larry Press, your flight is leaving. Paging Larry <laughs> Press. The door is number 50 of Yats. It's yet another tech show. Every week, Wednesday nights, yet another tech show.com. Check it out. This is number 50, guys. Good job. Yay! I'm Matt Lee joining yes. us. Ant Pruitt, what's up, Ant? Hey, what's going on, man? Larry Press at the airport. Larry at the airport. What's up, Larry? Sorry, I had to unmute myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm waiting for a delayed plane. I'll probably be here for, I don't know, maybe in a half an hour. And Good. it's amazing that this has been going on for 50 episodes. That's almost a year. I know. That's what I'm talking about. It's more That's than a year. Actually, the first episode was March 24th, 2012. So. Holy shit. We also got Mike Rothman. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Just glad to be here for the big 5-0. I can't believe it how fast the time has gone. The 5 right. Oh no. <laughs> and <laughs> Richard Hay joining us once again. What's up, Richard? Good to have you. Doing well. From the Google, hey, talking about. Bria, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need you to mute, Larry. Did somebody lose their luggage? That's awesome. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot how loud those things can be. Like I didn't even think of that. They're like, oh, he's in the airport. This should be a nice and quiet place to do a podcast. <laughs> Not. Uh, that's cool. Ants in the hotel. Larry's at the airport. Richard is at Google. This is cool. The best studio ever, right? That's right. Yeah. Be sure to subscribe <laughs> to the show on iTunes. Give us reviews, ratings, all that good stuff, and then uh, check out the Hangouts and the Google Plus community for Yats. We post interesting tech-related items throughout the week and all that. Uh, everybody's kind of been talking about this. We talked about it a little bit on AOTA last night, the new Facebook phone the htc first facebook's home on android the home launcher uh is anybody on yats excited about this you guys i know ant's a big facebook fan Ant, you gonna <laughs> that would be no <laughs> ant pruitt all about facebook Bastards. if ant pruitt had a tagline it would definitely be all about facebook <laughs> no, no. What's there to get excited about? It's sort of a middle-of-the-line HTC phone. Okay, well, you know, nothing too special there. With a with uh, Facebook covering up Android, you know, another another skin. Like, I need another but Mike, skin from Mike, Android. Facebook is going to do you a huge favor. It's going to remove the focus on your apps, and it's going to put the focus on the people where it belongs. You want to focus on the people, not the apps on your smartphone because no, that's I what I got that they're not focusing on the apps, they're focusing on Facebook. 
They're not focusing yeah. on the apps because their Facebook app sucks. <laughs> They're going to yeah. focus on people because that's where all their information is. Well, that's their killer app, right, is the P. Right. Facebook knows people. Facebook knows you and me, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Facebook even I, knows I'm Ant. Just... And Ant doesn't have a Facebook, but it knows you. It is, no, it go- is... Google knows me. And the, the Facebook phone is one big yawn. Who cares? Who gives a rip? The people that give a rip are. Oh wait, what, Larry? Yeah, wait. yeah. I, okay, I don't use Facebook. I I have an account, but I never use it. But don't you think there? It's a big yawn to you guys and to me too. It's a total non-thing. But a billion people use Facebook. Is it a big yawn to them? Well, that's what I was going to say. We're not not the demographic for it, but there is a huge group of people out there that are like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Well, that's cool, and that's why we have a free market. We're going to find out whether this thing sells or not. The interesting thing is, what about the information? I, I heard something today that I was reading about how... You know, Facebook has all this information about us, and that's its, like you said, that's its killer feature. Google has all of this other information, but what Google maybe would like is some of Facebook's people information. I know what Facebook might want to like is some of Google's information. Putting Facebook on this at the kernel level where it is, is it going to get any of this extra information, or will they be trading any of this information that was previously locked down between the two silos? Well, Richard isn't going to say, and the rest of us would only be speculating. But well, I can, my... I, can, I can at least say one thing, and that is that my guess is that Facebook almost certainly wrote out all of the phone home stuff out of Android. I mean, that's just a guess, but I don't know what they did, but I'm sure they did something like that. Well, it's not a fork, so I don't think, it's, I don't think they wrote it all out. But it's at the level where it has more hooks into the system than just a regular launcher would, and that's there with HTC One even more so. Well, that's that. What I've read, and this is not definitive, uh, is it's it's got deep hooks, but it's another skin. I mean, you can right. you can take this skin off and go back to HTC Sense. On you the can phone. do that on the on the default phone. Yeah. If you don't like it, which is weird. Like, why would you buy that phone if you were just going to take it off? Like, there's many other mid-range Android devices that would probably suit you much better than that. The reason you buy that is because you want that deep integration, right? Like, why else would you? Yeah, which makes me think, how deep can the integration really be? If this is a skin, how deep have they gone? And no one will really know, right, until they, the developers start getting them in their hands and start really tearing apart what, what the, the kernel is actually doing. Exactly. Which will be interesting to see. Cause, and I think Facebook maybe knows that, right? So they're, they're not going to do too shady of, of, a, of a code hook because they know people. it's open source enough that people are going to be looking at this as soon as they get in their hands. So they have to know that. Well... I'm going to wait for one of you guys to actually get the uh, the the Facebook phone, and you can you can tell me all about it. I'll put the home app on my Droid X. <laughs> I'm going to ask a few just regular Joes and regular Janes, you know, what their thoughts are uh, over the next couple of days, because the regular Joes and regular Janes they love their Facebook, they love their Instagram and stuff like that, but 
I wonder if they really give a crap about just that environment on their phone that's just centralizing Facebook. Like, do you want it that much up front and center? Right. I, I like would, the I would apps, assume not the it is more. I would assume it's more for those folks that were buying the Microsoft Kin phones. Well, I guess they didn't buy it, but that was pointing. That were thinking about buying it. That would maybe have thought about asking for it for Christmas or something. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, well, let's uh, let's shift gears. You guys see all this North Korea stuff that's happening, and I, I, I don't want to talk like politics or government or anything like that too much, but I just thought it was interesting that North Korea is trending on Google Plus right now. And if you click on it, you are barraged with all of these amazing... Uh, back in the day, you have called it propaganda. Nowadays, we call it memes. And there was one that really caught my eye. I put a link to it. I, I uploaded it to Pinterest so we could have a, a quick link to it. It was off of Google+, and it shows preparing for World War I, and it shows, like, your industry needs you, the old World War I propaganda, right? You saw all those posters and whatnot. And then you see preparing for World War Two, And it's a lot of the same kids and ladies, like, with the strong arm saying, you, we can do it, you know, like... Propaganda. War is good. This is what our country needs. And then you see the last one. It's preparing for World War Three, And it's a bunch of just, like, goofy, funny pictures of Kim Jong-un. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny how this has evolved and how we're still doing propaganda, but now we're kind of doing it our way, the Internet's way, you know? It's kind of interesting that we have these tools and that even war propaganda makes its way onto it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's propaganda of the masses. I mean, this is not anything anyone's government is putting out. This is stuff that you and I are, are mocking exactly. up in Photoshop and putting out there on the web because we think this guy is is ridiculous except that he has nukes in his back pocket. The other thing I didn't get is why nobody's taking this seriously except for the – and maybe it's nothing to take seriously, but – when somebody, when a nation is like, yo, we have nukes, you better leave because we're going to blow that place up soon, you might want to look into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you Everyone... know, I, I read, I, maybe it was in the New York Times, they had an article on uh, what the people in South Korea think of it. Yeah, and, and no one's doing anything. They're used to hearing this kind of crazy crap so much that they're not taking it too seriously, at least according to the article that I read. So this is, survey. this is the boy who cried wolf syndrome then. They've been threatened so many times. You know, this reminds me of something that uh, that's cool to see. It's it's different, but it's kind of getting to what Matt reminded me by what Matt said. If you look at the commer- the TV commercials, the first TV commercials that Eisenhower ran in in when he was running for president in '52, they are so different than today's TV commercials, political commercials. Uh, they're just. Um, they're from a whole other century. They're radio jingles with really crude little animations in front of them. Not the kind of stuff we've got today. It's definitely no angry cat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sophie, I don't know if anybody read Sophie Schmidt's, Eric Schmidt's daughter's blog on the uh, North Korea, uh, the visit that they had to North Korea um, just a couple months ago. But, uh, no, it was it was very surreal and that they had handlers and, you know, they had like a Potemkin village of people pretending to use PCs and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, you hear stories about, about North Korea. And I, after that, Google released a maps app of North Korea 
and a bunch of people came in and started you know, commenting and putting in where the where the gulags were, where they would keep the people that didn't agree with the, the leader. And then everyone was coming in going, hey, it's like, come to the gulag, it's 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 free food and uh, you know, they were they were putting in reviews like it was a, a resort, right? Well, doesn't China kind of do that too? I feel like when we send people over there, people go over there, they they put on this kind of facadical show of like, look at us using our technology not to hack you guys, but for our own good. And no, we're using nuclear technology for our own good. We need electricity and stuff. We're not making bombs. Get no, look over here. Like I think it China's seems... real though. I think they're not faking it anymore. I think they actually have like a lot of technology, a lot of computers, a lot of mobile phones. They're they're right, very, but they're how very... how they make it seem like like it it doesn't seem like you're getting a glimpse of everyday comings and goings. It's like they're they're purposefully putting on this show of look at what we're doing, but not I, I what mean, we're really doing. I, I work with a lot of colleagues from the People's Republic of China. And and this is one of the reasons why, though I was heavily tempted to redo my cubicle in a theme of the People's Republic of Richard Hay and have myself in a pantsuit and like a little edict list as you walk in, uh, I didn't do that because of these colleagues that I have, uh, even though some things are dying to be mocked. Uh, sure. But, I mean, one of them was over there just a week, uh, like a month ago and said he couldn't recognize his hometown. It was so uh, upgraded and that there are 350 kilometer per hour maglev trains that would take him from his hometown to Beijing in six hours instead of it used to be three days. I mean, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so, you, you can't compare China to North Korea. No way. North Korea is a, a Mickey Mouse, but, uh, but China's not Mickey Mouse. So what do you think, end game? Will it happen? Wait, you think they're going to... Are you asking whether we think they're going to launch a missile on South Korea? Yeah. Oh. You don't think so? I don't know, unless the guy is totally crazy. I mean, that would be an act of an insane person as opposed to a blustering politician. An, an act of an insane person with a death wish. Yeah. Can I have your attention, please? Beijing Southwest. Yeah, it would, it would be the... <laughs> Larry, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. Paging Larry Press, your flight is leaving. Paging Larry <laughs> Press. <door> is closing. <laughs> All right. Well, I just thought it was interesting that it was trending on Google+. Plus. Was it? Did anybody notice if it was trending on Twitter? I, I didn't even look. I just saw it on uh, G+. Oh, it, it, it's a powerful meme. I think it's all over the internet. Yeah. By now it should be, right? <laughs> All right, this is kind of cool. That, is that good or bad for like you know? I mean, because you think that guys, they call my flight. Okay, goodbye. Later, Larry. Travel safely. Holy God, that was terrible. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good good flight, Larry. What were you saying, Richard? Oh no, I was just saying that like, well, you got to think that Kim Jong Un at least has internet access, so you got to think he reads the He's, stuff that people say but about do you him. Think, so whenever someone draws a picture of him in a diaper whining about like you know I don't know though I I feel like maybe he has handlers as well that know that maybe he's a little more unstable than uh Kim Jong Il was if that's possible and they know not to let him see that stuff cuz if he does well, see it he is going to go crazy more Well you should crazy. you should read Sophie Smith's blog on her trip to North Korea Is that good? Is, you should throw it in the doc and we'll link to it cuz I don't I don't want to spend too much more time talking about this. Yeah, I got you. But it's funny. Sure. It is funny. 
All right, uh, let's move on. Google Street View in Hyperlapse. Uh, I looked at this. This is actually kind of cool. It's like you're kind of in a car moving. Like uh, that's that's pretty neat. Who who threw this? I, I can do a little screen share here, or at least I think I can. You want to show us show us the video for the the hangout watchers? He's playing music. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, isn't that crazy? And this is all compiled from Street View. And you can make your own, right? If you check out the the hyper hyperlapse. Can't you make? Oh, yeah, there's the hyperlapse tool, Mike. Show if you guys are watching the hangout, and the rerun is always at the bottom of the show notes. So that's pretty cool. Have you uh, made your own yet, Mike? Have you messed with it like that? No, I haven't. But you know, it, when I get some time, I'm going to play with it because I think it'd be really cool to do drives that I know really well, like drives around my neighborhood sure. or drives through the streets where I grew up. You know, just a really neat way to bring back memories. It, it really sort of gives you the feeling of being there, which is what I like about it. And uh, if I understand the technology, this is not Google, but it's using Google's Street View and a strip of that in an animated uh, motion format. And it's just really cool. It's, it's somebody else's mashup of... Uh, yet another Google Street View unexpected act, uh, application. Yeah, it's called uh, the Teen Hand Teen Hand Lax. Is that T Hand? Some of these you're gonna have to be careful. It's T L Labs. Yeah. Io Hyperlapse. T L L. Pardon me. T L Labs. Io. Google Street View Hyperlapse. We'll put it in the show notes. It, the the uh, source code for this thing is also on GitHub. So you can pull down the source code yourself, play with it, and go wild. Yeah, that's really that's really awesome. Uh, it says any all you need is a WebGL-enabled browser. Chrome should do the trick. And a decent internet <laughs> connection. And you'll be on your way to Hyperlapse Heaven. That is yeah, yeah, I saw. I saw. Uh, there, I've seen more and more of this stuff. There was a, um, a, a an exhibit, an art exhibit on using Google Maps uh, satellite images uh, as a, as a commentary on human modification of the world. So it was like using Google Street, you know, like uh, maps photos as art, which is kind of like what I look and see this as kind of thing. Yeah, it says at the bottom, they anxiously await the flood of homemade hyperlapse videos featuring Google's stockpile of arresting Street View images. The Amazon Kennedy Space Center, the Grand Canyon, the village from the prisoners. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. You know, for, uh, among other things, Google now has, on Street View, now has available a number of sort of classic outdoor hikes, like the hike down the rim from the rim of the Grand Canyon down to the floor. So, you know, you could imagine mocking up some of those, some of those images. And speaking about needing decent bandwidth, you guys want to mention the Google Fiber in Austin thing? Uh, we kind of mentioned a little bit about this the last episode. Uh, more infos come out about it. Richard, you wanna? Do you have any more info you wanted to mention about it? 
Uh, well, you know, basically, um, obviously, I didn't let the cat out of the bag last week, so that was good. That was good. Uh, Still have your job. Yeah, that's a yeah, plus. It's important. <laughs> they, they give us a list of things that we can and can't say. Sure. Know, so. uh, you want but, to forward uh, yeah, no, that list uh, to I, us? I, and... I think it's, it's, a big, yeah, it's a big deal because we're trying to show um, that we're not just playing around about the fiber stuff, right? I mean, that we're, we're looking to deploy it in more than just one place. Do these places... Um, South Carolina. Right, well, that would be, like, somewhere else down the line. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in charge of deciding where it goes next. Just... Well, okay, well you, you get me into who's in charge, and let me ask him that. <laughs> just kidding, man. I'm sure, I, well, I know some of the engineers that work on it, but uh, I don't know yeah. if they make the decisions either. Yeah, th- just being able to have that type of, you know, download speed is one thing, but freaking the up upload speed is what excites me you know when normal users hosting stuff if you think about it too normal users in the past haven't really had much of a need for upload speed like people that do podcasts if you're streaming but that wasn't really normal user stuff back in the day now it's with hangouts and everything and more people doing that you need the up and the down both and so i I wouldn't be surprised if you had like in kansas city and and then you know they have they're not going to hook up even the first house in Austin until 2014. But you know in Kansas City where you'd have maybe startups coming in there and leasing out servers in houses because mm. it's cheaper than putting it at a Equinix or something like this, and you get faster uplink speed. Yeah, you have more time. more bandwidth than where your server is located at in a big data center. Basically, right. you're going, going to, to these people's homes. Going to be these 19 inch Scotts racks. Right. I will lease you out three bookshelf worths of uh, <laughs> server server blades. No problem. And this is just what know, a, Matt, the, the, don't discount the the upload for people that are you know they're not necessarily doing podcasts or serving up content, but all of your cloud storage you have to push that stuff up there. That's and true. I don't know about you when I had my Google Music going from my machine to my Google Cloud. Ooh, that was painful. I'll tell you what, it was especially painful if you were trying to upload your library back in the beta days. Like, that was painful. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> oh me. That was me. Yeah, I think we all we all were doing that. But I yeah, that's true. Like, like Two or three up? If you get something like Carbonite and you're trying to get your initial glob of, of data up there, you know, and it's backing up, let's say, your whole C drive like it does. That's 80 gigs, 100 gigs. You know, there's just a lot of storage to, to pop up to the cloud. I mean, you, we're talking weeks. You, We're talking yeah. like, what, minutes with with Google Fiber? Minutes? Right. That's amazing. That would be so nice. So Do, nice. Does anybody know exactly, like, it, is there a, a pretty decent-sized store of dark fiber just webbed out throughout the u.s or is there like one or two places that's really concentrated or do, do, do any of you guys know any of that negative ghost rider because hmm. I mean, that'd be interesting to see like where all of that if there was a map that you could see of where all of it went and you could see if that i have course, no knowledge of that senator you could see if that corresponds to where <laughs> google's first choosing to go and i would be curious to see if there's any dark fiber in montana anywhere <laughs> i would like to assume that you know, areas like uh, Charlotte and New York because of all of the financial districts. 
Yeah. Well, and back when yeah, I was doing fiber. phone work for Nortel, we were there was a lot of fiber stuff in Colorado that we were working with installing in Kansas, in uh, Las Vegas had some fiber stuff we were working on. Like there, it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily for this use. Like I doubt it is, but there, mm-hmm. there was that stuff in place. So, and there's a ton of it. Some type of infrastructure. Some, right. some sort of... Those kinds of dark fiber runs were mainly to connect cities to each other, right? Right. They were Where connecting this, the. This the is East more about East. connecting, uh, you know, uh, last mile to the half. Right to the CO. It's good stuff. It's about a year after they announced the the KC one. And you would think that, right? You would see either like what you said with people running out space, or just large technological parks opening up with these startups and whatnot. Well, and, and I remember seeing the, uh, and it's probably still on YouTube, the uh, the New Orleans pitch to be picked for Google Fiber, where they had John Goodman and they had these classic jazz musicians, and they were saying, imagine Stink could basically be in studio with the guy in, in like, you know, in, in rest, you know, whatever, Restitution Hall or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it could be playing, you know, saxophone and he could be doing the thing if you had this kind of Internet connectivity. right? Yeah. And that's interesting. You mentioned that aspect of it because Hangouts has that option in it. Right. To do studio stuff. So if you had the bandwidth, you have the, the mics, the equipment to actually, you know, take the instruments and digitize and put them out to the Internet like you could do something like that. It, the bandwidth is the limiting factor in that when you're working with music, you're working with wave files are very large. Well, you could easily see that in Austin, too. Sure. Yeah. Lots of music stuff happening there. Pretty cool. I hope it gets worldwide. Google will connect the world. Did you guys see this, uh, speaking about Google, the Google Ventures launching their Glass Collective? This is kind of cool. Some uh, Google Glass startups they're going to fund. Isn't Google Ventures is the one that that funds things like Niantic Labs for field trip and now Ingress? Uh, that's their venture investing arm. I'm pretty sure it's like they have to figure out something other than banks and where to put all that money that they got piled up somewhere. <laughs> right? We could buy things. <laughs> we should buy this podcast. Uh, so they're launching a new initiative to fuel the development of Google Glass. It's called Glass Collective at glasscollective.com. Uh, in partnership with venture capital firms Andreessen Horowitz and Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers. The three firms hope to fund a community of developers to make Google Glass the next major computing platform. It's good to see lots of money getting just thrown at this. Cause it's well, that's the thing. It sounds like they're betting on this thing and they're betting the farm on it, right? Well, they're betting a few acres of the farm, sure. A few acres of the farm. Right, right. Yeah. That's a good thing to see from people that like me that are interested in this this glass, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bill Maris, managing partner at Google Ventures, had seen glass as it has created and wanted to invest in the developers building companies and applications for glass. So he's the one that invited Mark Andreessen uh, of Andreessen Horowitz and John Doerr of Kleiner Perkins. They form a group to share information on deals and companies working on software, hardware, apps, or related technology for Glass. I stand by my prediction made months ago on this show that by the end of this year, we're going to be talking about Google Glass as the technology innovation of the year. 
Well, and I read there the developer, the people that wanted that threw down their fifteen hundred. They're starting to ship them out next month. They said. So that's yeah, cool. just in time for Google I/O. Yeah, that makes that makes sense because mm-hmm. I tell you what, you would have had an angry mob. You think if they were like, <laughs> don't ship the thing before yeah. the next, like, dude, I, I, I offered to pay fifteen hundred bucks and I didn't get my glasses before the next. Come on, yeah. There, there's probably a note. There's a note in there that says, "Bring these to IO with you." Yeah, it could, uh, very likely could be. I'm sure IO this year will be like covered with people with with glass, right? Which is funny because last year it was like such a, it was like such an eerie thing. Like everyone was so intrigued by it, but nobody knew. Like nobody got to touch it or look through it. Now you're starting to see people that can wear them and and are are talking about the experience. But there was so much like. Not necessarily hype, but like so much mystery surrounding it last year. And this year, it's going to be the complete opposite, right? It's going to be just flooded with all of this. Like, oh, look, it does this. And look, I figured out this. And yeah, it's going to be I'm cool. actually interested to see what's going to happen whenever you get people, like regular people, get glass and just start writing blog posts about the experience, about, yep. hey, this is what it's like to use it, right? Yeah, well, we saw the infographic. I think we posted on AOTA show notes for uh, last last night's episode about how glass works with the lens, the prism, and the projector, and the retina, and this big, long infographic. It was floating around Google+, Plus too, if you guys want to search for it, but it was pretty interesting. And that's that was one of the things. Like Everyone's like, well, how how is it going to work? Like, is this... And, and now we're seeing it. Yay, glass. Do you think it's going to be a platform, like a major, major platform, like these guys are thinking? Well, I mean, it depends on who they get behind it with development as well. Also as, the price. Right. Price and, and <clears throat> what other third parties are going to get involved as far as how is this thing going to look? You know, because that's the next question. You know, was this, was this thing going to look I'm actually kind of curious because Google isn't, isn't really crazy about doing all the hardware manufacturing ourselves. So I, I wonder if they're going to license it and say, hey, HTC come out with a version of glass and you know, Samsung come out with a version of glass and all Well, there are companies goes, yeah. doing that. I mean, Oakley, Baidu in China, we were talking about that pre-show. They're having their Baidu Eye, which is their version of glass. Right, because, yeah, right, exactly. Well, which doesn't really get them out of this whole copycat, you know, image that they got, but yeah. whatever. But does China care? <laughs> no, they don't care. At all? Actually, I will say this. Baidu was genius in that they understood that most Chinese people didn't have their own computer. So they offered to to basically buy computers to create the internet cafes as long as the default search engine was biting. Of course. Right. Where's and all that they, info going? They seeded the whole the whole country with these things. Here, use then, our computers and use our accounts. No, don't sign out when you leave. It's fine. Well, this is why I, if I was in India at like a internet cafe, I would totally want a Chromebook instead of something that's been hacked six ways from Sunday by the Eastern Europeans. And if not a Chromebook, at least a jump drive with my portable apps on it, because I'm not using anything that's on this computer. <laughs> I'm not touching your internet cafe computer. No way. Well, who wants to who wants to type in your password and then you know that it's been there's a keylogger on there? Yeah, no way. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're talking about things like in medicine for surgeons, uh, a cool zombie game, augmented reality. Uh, Doris talking about not just augmented reality, but amplified reality, which is cool. That's that's what I like the the 
being able to add signals in real time to what you're already seeing. Like if I could drive and play Ingress just through glass and I would see the portals literally overlaid on the landscape rather than on the scanner, you know, that that would be way cool. That would be cool. They better do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. It'll be it'll be cool to see. It's only going to be more exciting, or a giant letdown. Could go either way. <laughs> it could go either way. That's true. Either way, uh, I'm on record. My prediction's on record. Mike Mike's on it. He says big hit. I mean, big it could be it could be innovative, but will it stepping stone make it a hit? You know what I mean? Well, see, part of it is also capturing the popular imagination, right? I mean, just getting it to where people are excited about it, and then the cool thing is not the glass itself, but what people do with it. Do you feel like there's an excitement about it outside of the tech bubble that we're all in? Do you feel like normal people even know about it? Well, Um, look at some of the people that had the (laughs) if I had glass. Yeah, but weren't those all like internet nerds? It was all on Google Plus, and you know that's the home of nerds (laughs) and geektacular. There ain't nobody in real life on Google (laughs) Plus. But they have yeah, no speaking as them. a Google Plus lover too. Now come on. Yeah, no yeah, disrespect. I, I, gotta, I gotta correct you guys right there. Let me show you what I found. I'm gonna do the screen share again. Uh hold on. Uh where is it? Where is it? There it is. Screen uh, share. Nice. Now hold on. Wrong window. <laughs> Wrong window. That's a force. Uh, yeah. Did you find it? I was just going to let you sweat it out. <laughs> okay, so here it is. This is this is from Lifehacker. Ah, yes, I saw this earlier. The, uh, this is from Lifehacker. Life the poll. What's your social network of choice? Vote here. And you scroll down a little ways, and... Google Plus is sitting right at 60% of the votes. They've got uh, 12,000, over 12,000 votes. The next closest network is Facebook with 15%, and then Twitter, 12%. And you know what's what's uh, really interesting about this poll, if you look at, uh, at the bottom, well, you can't now, but if you would look at the bottom of the poll, you notice there are two share buttons. One for the Facebook, one for the Twitter. Not uh, not a plus one button. I do not see a plus one button on that page anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird, what's huh? with that? Just thought that what? was interesting. Just what's with that? And look how many likes there are. And My tweet. question, gentlemen, how, how many normal folks are looking at Lifehacker? Right, then that's mostly hacker people, right? You know, that's why so I that furthers the point that only nerds and geeks and only us are on Google, on Google Plus. Plus. Well, I, I, t- I tell you, my metric, my metric is whenever Larry Page is no longer one of the top 100 followed people on Google Plus. That's whenever you have critical mass. That's when it happens. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense, that right? Because right now I think he's still number three or top ten or something like this, but. It should be McJagger and, you know, and... and uh, Britney Spears. Well, she's number one. <laughs> Lady Gaga and whoever, right? Yeah. All the other yeah. verified accounts. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. 
But yeah, I don't it's I don't think it has as much of a mind share in the the public at large as and maybe glass I mean, will change that. Who knows? Maybe every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to want this. And they're going to say, you know what? You're going to need to sign up for a, a Gmail account and a Google Plus account. That's how going to do it. Right? All right. Do you see the IDC report that just came out? 14% drop in PC sales year over year. This is the worst drop in sales volume in the history of the PC. Is this proof of the... Uh, I hate that term, but the post-PC... <laughs> is this the post-PC era, finally? Everybody's been ardently talking about? Matt, I read this a few minutes ago, and a couple things come to mind. Yes, the whole post-PC era that Steve Jobs you know, yelled about several years ago, but what about folks that just have a laptop or computer that's just good enough to check their messages and check their social statuses. What's the point of them going out to buy another machine? What about uh, people that have Windows 7 and don't want Windows 8? So they're not right, buying exactly. a new computer. They're like, you know what? Yeah. Screw it. Yeah, all gonna, I've heard is bad stuff. I'm going to buy an Windows Android I'm tablet. Buy no, I'm getting you know, a Nexus 10 think, instead. Think all the things you used to do on your PC that you now do on your smartphone. And honestly, Richard, yeah. that you mentioned that, there are things I now do on my Android, either phone or tablet, preferred over doing them on the PC through a web browser. Like, I would rather interact with these services and apps through the apps on on Android than I would just on the browser. It's crazy. And that's interesting. See, I wonder how many people are like that, you know? No, I I relate to that. There are a lot of things, you know, when I need to quickly check my calendar, for example, do I want to fire up my desktop computer and go through all that hassle? ever open Google Calendar on the browser. It's always in the app because the app is just perfect, you know? It's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of shows... I know <laughs> a lot of a lot of show stuff. I mean, it's just easier like to to do it there. I don't know. I mean, re- remember about that story though that what it's reporting is the rate of shipments is down in one quarter. One quarter doesn't, or right. even a, two quarters, three quarters don't make a huge trend, and you're still up in an era where. Uh, the shipments of PCs globally each year are, uh, I think, still bigger than the shipments of smartphones. Uh, that's actually, uh, I, I think Mary Meeker had some numbers that said that wasn't true. Is it okay. not? That, uh, she, she said that the number of Android interconnected, Android, um, interconnected devices had exceeded the number of Wintel PCs in Q1. Q1 of this year? Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing it took that long because there's a lot more <laughs> smartphones than there are PCs, right? Yeah, and and you know, smartphones are smartphones well, you almost have, have the you have the planned necessity ob- these days, and you have the planned obsolescence. Like people can keep swapping out parts in a desktop. I mean, I've had this thing for like five years now, but the smartphone, like, you got to get that next that next new one because this one's outdated, and I have a free upgrade. Like, you know. <laughs> You know, think about it. This this percentage of dropping is is going on while the, the some of the computers are even getting cheaper. 
some laptops are, are really inexpensive now. People will still, yeah, I'll pass. You yeah, because what I have is good enough. You haven't yeah. made something that, you know, it hasn't changed that dramatically to where I really need to, unless you're, like, into hardcore gaming where you need the fastest top-of-the-line processor, GPUs and whatnot. Or, yeah. or, like, you know, you can, I can, if I need a different sound card, I can just put in a different sound card. I don't need a whole new system. So they're not making money here, you know. I'm sure that's... Well, and I think the, the real danger is whenever, you know, um, you know, Adobe comes out with the, the web version of uh, Photoshop. Right. HTML5 Ooh. Photoshop. Right. Like, who's going who's gonna to buy a PC then? I mean, it's like, it's a white why bother? Could you see them charging like three thousand dollars for a web version of Photoshop? I mean, I paid nine ninety nine for Photoshop Touch for the tablet, but only because I was reimbursed for the company I was writing about it for. So it's it's definitely a different experience. I can see it shift though. All it takes is that one thing that's like, oh, this is such a no-brainer. Why were we using mouse and keyboard? This is stupid. <laughs> you can just think, you know. and it does what you think. It's great. Yeah, I got my touch, my touch, my touchscreen Chromebook Pixel, so I can just come in and just, you know. After after you've been using that, do you do you go to your regular laptop and like try to touch the screen, and you're like, all oh, right, this isn't my Pixel. Uh, so. Actually, where I really noticed it was in the Google Art Project, where you go there and it's like you can just slide through the 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 uh, the the, the, uh, the paintings they've digitized from the different museums. Sure. So there are websites that that that's that's easier to do, that it, it just lends itself to do that, but but uh, not all of them are like that. So far, I have not yet made the mistake of touching the screen of my MacBook. I like reach up every now and then, but only after I've been on my tablet all day. And it's just like I'm just not even thinking. It's like a subconscious, like, oh, what are you doing? Don't touch that. I've, I've never had that problem. No? <laughs> never had that problem. Don't touch that. Because, I mean, I'm, I, I'm scared to put fingerprints on my on my monitor anyway. It, it's like a OCD moment with me. Yeah. That's you a good little, point. You got a little spray? <laughs> <laughs> Get the little and, cloth wipes and the microfiber cloth. Of course, yes. yes. My monitor uh, has wax all over it. <laughs> if you if you ever have a candle and it's in front of your computer and you're just like ready to go to bed and you go blow it out without thinking and you my blow, microfiber you blow the wax all over the monitor. That's how that's what happened. That's that's my microfiber cloth right there. That's oh, awesome. Can I have that? Can I have it? I want one. Uh, well, I think yeah. Well, I can give, I can give you one of these. Do you have a bunch of those? Because you should totally send them to us. It's like yeah. into shape of, <laughs> I can't use them. of an Android. That's awesome. I would. So, uh, let's see. What else you guys want to talk about? Microsoft's communication and collaboration strategy. Hmm. My uh, Mike, you're the you're the big Microsoft guy here. What's this? This, we talked about their Scroogled ads on a AOTA last night, and we played the one where the developers are going up to the people like, hey, did you lose that calorie? How's the app going? And being all creepy yeah. and weird. Those ads just reek of desperation. It's, it's, well, they're they, funny. Well, see, here, here's my take on this, is that think about it from the app developer point of view. If, the, if, if, if Google doesn't give you the information, then, they're in, then we're injecting ourselves as a middleman between you and your customer. 
we're basically not letting you have a relationship with your customer. Like, hey, I'm going to anonymize this data about your customers, and you're not going to actually have an ability to communicate directly with them, right? Yeah, is that weird? Like, that's... Well, I mean, by giving them the information of who bought the app, they can say, oh, well, tell me if you don't like it or if you need a mm-hmm. refund or if it, did, if it broke or whatever. And, then, and hey, I got this new app version coming out, and, hey, would you be interested in checking it out? I mean... That's like a vendor-customer relationship. So to me, it's an... I mean, and in terms of purchasing information, I mean, what do you think Amazon does with purchasing information to the vendor or... Or any or, or other... Credit, or your credit card company or exactly. those cute little cards you got at the grocery store. That's what they do. They track... That's what you do. Is that they they're sell tracking cards. You buy. They're yeah. spy cards. They're grocery spy cards. I, I don't know. C, the, the CIO... Dot com the website is reporting that um, Microsoft is is planning a vast uh, network uh, this is communications and collaboration network based on link Skype Yammer SharePoint and Outlook it's almost like they're taking everything that's sort of in that sphere and cramming it together no it sounds like they're taking everything they've purchased in the last three years and cramming them together cramming right i mean isn't that what this like what did what skype and facebook we're gonna throw some salesforce in there we're gonna stir it around with a little (laughs) yahoo it's like what are you doing stop that it's a one-stop shop right yeah, it's, Microsoft's going to become really, the Walmart of tech. Is where this is going. I really think. I really think Microsoft has lost the technical chops. Has lost the ability to deliver on these grand plans. When you when you look at the massive number of missteps they have on Windows 8, and the that strategy and the the lame half-hearted. Uh, weak delivery of of that strategy i can't see them pulling off this uh uh, uh net this uh merging of these networks into anything that's coordinated and compelling and they I spent- mean, frankly and i'm not saying this cuz richard is here frankly the the combination of uh the the Google suite of applications integrated around Google Plus with its messaging, with its Hangouts, with its real-time collaboration on documents. It's much more compelling than anything that Microsoft is demonstrating. Well, and once Babel gets finished and released and they further unify the communication experience... Because you that have coming, these, Richard. You, how is that coming, Richard? You have these little disconnected. I mean, we have the Hangout chat, and then we have our document chat, and then we have G chat, and then we have Messenger. You have Messenger, which is in in Hangout in that app. And it's like we have all of these. It would be nice to just have the one, right? Just the one. But yeah. Question for you guys, because I know you use Facebook. Didn't Microsoft, you know? take Skype and integrate that with Facebook for some There was a thing be like a hangout competitor. But it Didn't was only it? one-on-one though. It wasn't even like a hangout competitor. It was like a a Skype embedded Skype video in in your uh 
Facebook Messenger in your Facebook chat. Did you use it, bro? No. I don't want to Facebook talk to my Facebook friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, see, I wonder what the analytics are on that. You know, how many people are actually using that feature and if that feature is still there now. I don't know. I'll tell you if it's if it's still there right now. I will tell you. Because that was before they went IPO, before Microsoft, not Microsoft, before Facebook went IPO, that was one of the big things was how they partnered with Microsoft. You know, this is good good support from another big old company um, buying into Facebook, you know. So you can, okay, yeah, you can click on somebody in your Facebook chat and that opens up the chat window and then there's a camera icon which says start video call and then there's options. So you can't just do a voice thing. It's either a video call or you're just texting basically. So mm-hmm. it is definitely there. I, I've never used it, honestly. <laughs> and does it is it clearly branded as Skype when you no. do video? Well, I don't know. I've never, let's, uh, should we video call someone? Because <laughs> again, is if, if it's, you can have video chat and whatever, um, you know, as long as you write the application for it. Is this in particular Skype in there or is this something Facebook did? Uh, let's see. So start video call. Oh, this is going to crash Hangouts. Starting video call <laughs> software. Mind. Yeah, never mind. But I mean, what I was getting at was if this was Microsoft's product, you know, where, where are they going with all these efforts here? You know, they're going all over the map. I mean, that's that's Microsoft's problem. Mm-hmm. They're throwing everything up on the wall and seeing what sticks. All right, and and they're not doing it in any kind of coordinated, thoughtful, integrated, smart way. Well, and, yeah. When did they lose their way, Mike? What happened? I, well, I think... I... go ahead. That's a that's a long and checkered story. How many <laughs> hours do we have on this? Let you install Office ninety seven on Windows ninety on Windows XP. It was about that time. Yeah, it was about then. Whenever they were like, you know what, you need to pay another four hundred dollars for Microsoft Office, and people were like, I am done. Yeah. Nope. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. The people that that they did that to, they don't forget that. This all... might be off the beaten path a little bit, but. Have you guys watched the Surface commercials, the Microsoft Surface commercials? And you notice that it's always like they're just selling the kickstand or whatever you want to call that feature on the back of the Surface tablet. Yeah, or, or the way that the, the uh, keyboard clicks, clicks in place. They never talk about or, or show off the interface the way uh, the, the Android devices do or the way the, the iPads do, you know, those things, they talk about the experience with the software and the interface. Microsoft is talking about, <laughs> you can type on this clickety-click click keyboard or, you know, look, you guys remember on your lap. You guys remember the keyboard? We got one of those over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the yeah. other one. Is that a big sales point? You know, I, I've always it, wondered it, about It's that. kind of weird, isn't it? Who cares about the click? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen that their sales numbers have been lighting up the the market share numbers, right? So. Well, well, that's that's my point. Is that one of the reasons why? Because nobody gives a crap about, you know. Okay, they're can late. I prop this up? Show me something. Well, yeah, they're late to the game, but show the consumer or something to, to draw them in. To oh, let me give this tablet a chance. You know what I mean? Show them something besides 
how this thing sits on your desk. But have they ever been good at that, really? Like, they... People use their machines or their OS because that's what there was. We've it's there wasn't an alternative that normal users could really pick up and use. Mm-hmm. I mean Apple, but that I don't I don't know. Well, the mobile networks weren't there. You didn't have 4G. You didn't have these. Well, high-speed. yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm talking like when like Windows 98 and stuff. Like they're what was the alternative back then? So everybody has been, they've never had to really make a case for their stuff being that great because they were the only one. But now they're in a world where they're not the only one and they're not very good at making their case, it seems like. I don't know. They spent a lot of money on some of those. How much, like, Skype was like $8 billion. That Yammer was like $1 billion. I think it was $7 billion. Or $7 billion, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my decimal yeah. point. A billion here, a billion here. That adds What's a billion? Money. You know, What's a billion between here. friends? I mean, come on. There's a YouTube in there somewhere. <laughs> There's a YouTube and an Instagram in there somewhere. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, good luck, Microsoft. Good luck. Yeah. Good. Good luck. In fact, I I I hope Microsoft, you know, does you know come out with some compelling stuff because you need competition you know what honestly how about microsoft you go back and you fix all the security holes on windows 7 before you move on (laughs) to more like stop making new versions you should fix pick a version stick with it and fix it well that's actually the thing about chromebook is it's the kiss principle right isn't that great yeah it's always updated You, you, you basically make it to where there's nothing worth hacking outside the browser basically there is no operating system to take advantage of and turn into a zombie and send spam messages to people well that on top of each year or every six months you hold a hacking contest to say hey bring it on and we're gonna pay yeah. you big bucks if you do break our stuff and then they fix it immediately so like you don't see Microsoft saying, "Hey, come hack our stuff, and we'll pay you." You, you know, my opinion on that is that you know who hates those hackathons? The governments. You think? Because they absolutely mm. they pay big money for the the zero they want days the bugs to stay. Yeah, because they want the security vulnerabilities to be this... in there so they can sniff on people, they can watch people. Exactly. The second and those things are patched, companies fix it, it breaks their their surveillance. Right? Yeah, the second those things are patched, they just lost like three ops that were reliant upon that particular vulnerability that was allowing them that access. It's crazy. That's why. Yeah, four governments. That's why you should be using (laughs) this web stuff. Duh. I'm going off the internet forever. Right? I quit you, internet. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ant, say it isn't so. (laughs) The network is the computer. The network yeah. is all of us. That was the old Sun Microsystems saying. Oh, wow, Sun. Poor well, you know, blast. they almost bought Apple. Once upon a time. Did. Yeah, there was that big that. interview with the old Apple CEO where they were, or the old Sun CEO where they were two weeks away from closing the deal to buy Apple in the mid-90s whenever Apple was in the doldrums. When they were tanked, they yeah. Steve Jobs back. Right. Didn't know that. Apple. Who backed out that? on that? Uh, well, so what happened is uh, he said there was one annoying investor <laughs> who said who basically was putting these poison pills in the deal, making it more and more annoying for Sun to do it. Freaking sharks, you know. Right, and and the guy just didn't want he didn't want the deal to go. 
That's awesome. So he was putting in these poison pills. He said if it hadn't been for that guy. That would have happened, huh? Wow. That would have happened. And, someone, and he, he, he even said, hey, if we bought Apple, there's no, there's no iPad, there's no iPhone, there's no iPod, none of that. I, I, that was not even on our radar. What would they have done with it? Like, I, that's Well, this is what he was saying. Completely different. Yeah, that's like a crazy, completely different path than where Apple ended up going. For right. sure. They would have ended up with some, like, Java, Apple crap just full of exploits on like 80 billion devices just getting pwned <laughs> that's too bad yeah nokia was complaining because you know they would have been the number one phone in the world if it hadn't been for android so you know. well they could have used android i guess i don't know <laughs> well I, I i think it was the fact that they spent they spent like eight billion dollars on on uh, nav 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 tech you know, one of these GPS databases, and then whenever Google developed its own uh, global GPS database for Google Maps and gave it away for free, uh, then uh, then from that moment, Nokia basically did not really love Google as much. So I don't think I think that's why they didn't decide to build an Android phone. Well, it's good that they went with Microsoft. That'll work out better. Yeah, that's been working out great for them. All right, uh, before we get out of here, this this I just saw this uh, on uh, VentureBeat on my Google News feed. Uh, it's the Microsoft Xbox exec, uh, Adam, Adam Orth, uh, with a question mark after the word fired. Is he fired because he insulted fans on Twitter? He has left the company. Microsoft director who has insulted these people when they voice concerns about rumors the next Xbox will require an always-on internet connection. He has left the company. Apparently being a jerk on Twitter is bad for your employment prospects. <laughs> he writes... I'm in trouble now. He wrote, Sorry, I don't get the drama around having an always-on console. Every device now is always-on. That's the world we live in. And then Xbox fans reminded him that small towns don't have the same level internet connectivity that big cities enjoy. He proceeded to diss places like Janesville, Wisconsin, and Blackburg's Virginia, asking, quote, Why on earth would I live there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Wow. Oh, snap. Well, and if I'm in Blacksburg, Virginia, I'm like, why on earth would I want to buy an Xbox? If I'm Google, (laughs) I'm putting fiber in those two places next (laughs) just to be like, screw you. I was reading that tweet and and I was like, well, where is he insulting? Why is he being a jerk? But then I didn't I didn't because at first I didn't think he was. You know, he's got an opinion. You know, it's a big deal. Just always on is always on. Get over it. But then when he goes and talks about the cities. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. And then and then locks his Twitter account and deletes his LinkedIn account. Like, okay, you know, that's okay. So, all right, I just thought that was amusing that I just saw that, like, the power of social media. <laughs> just getting <laughs> mocked. Public <laughs> shaming is just never... Be aware that what you're posting is being recorded. Is of public. course, especially if you're the Xbox exec. Like, and... And saying that, like, really? Where do you think most of those kids live that are playing your console, dude? Like, towns like that where there's nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. Exactly. And you're going to say, like, oh, this, everyone's always on. Everything's always on. That's just how it is. We live in an always-on world. Shut up. Not everyone does. Most of us do, but not everyone. Yeah. Oh, well. 
alienation. Right? Well, if you really want to see all the things that are happening in the world in real time, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some really nasty stuff going on in some places that you just don't want to see. <laughs> North Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, or places in the Middle East where you can get buried in sand and have a group of people throw rocks at your head until you die because you looked at a woman weird or something. I, I don't know. Never been there. Just just from what I read. So. Never been there. Don't want to try it. No. I'll tour it virtually. <laughs> oh, and over here is the desert. And over here is, oh, look, the desert. More desert. The desert. <laughs> All right. I could go I to California. reference coming now. I could go to California to see that. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Yats 50. Gentlemen, here's the 50 more. Yes. Good yeah, times. man. Good, good times. Good here's times. for getting Larry out of the airport. I know, right? I was waiting for, like, security to come and be like, Mr. Press, come with us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, give cool. us, that would be give us the laptop, please. Rendition, just like that. <laughs> we 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 heard your show about Cuba. Yeah, come with us. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Press, put Mr. the laptop down. <laughs> uh, what's the encryption code? All right, on, Richard. Hey, thank you for joining us. Mike, thank you, bro. Mike Rothman. Yeah, it was a great show. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Aunt Pruitt. Yes, sir. Hey, have a Thank safe you. have a safe flight back, and Thank you, kindly. Thank you, you got kindly. uh you got Robert Knight taking over the smartphone photographer hangout tomorrow evening. Yep, that's should, right. Should be uh, good. And we're gonna start earlier now going forward. We're gonna go on at eight thirty PM Eastern Standard Time, somewhere in that area, because we have some folks over um in Europe that participate in the community and want to be able to uh, watch the Hangouts live now, or even join the Hangouts live. So, oh, how cool out. is that? Yeah, so that it, is pretty cool. Put it to a vote, and people are wanting to jump on, and it's doing. It's, it's been doing really well. Good stuff. Another Google Plus great. Aunt Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yet another yeah. techshow.com. dot com. That's our site. Aunt writes the show notes. I get the episodes posted up there. We got the Hangout reruns under each with links to all the articles and interesting things that we've talked about. And if you want more info on the show, all of the social networks, our links to it are all on the site at yetanothertechshow.com. So check it out. Check out our stuff on anewdomain.net, Dell's Tech Page One site, groovypost.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. The Blame EP. The Blame EP. <laughs> on Come Google on, Play, now available in Australia for Google Music. Good stuff. There you go. And Take care, later. everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks, y'all. Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.